Okay, so hi everybody. My name is Mark and I am an abstinent compulsive overeater and food addict. Uh, it's really good to be here with you. I just want to thank Kathy, who is the speaker that kind of brought me in. She reached out to me a while ago. I want to thank Paula and Karen and Kristen and Lynn for the service they're doing and just to thank all of you guys for being here with me. It's it's good to know that I'm not alone. So um, I came in the program uh, into OA on April 18, 2007. Um, that is also my abstinence date. Uh, I was 519 pounds when I first came in this program. Now, I should mention that I do not know how much I weigh. Uh, it was a, something suggested to me by my nutritionist. I do weigh myself, but I do it blindly. Um, when I go in the doctor's office, I also have a scale that sort of automatically sends it to my nutritionist so I don't even have to see it, right? <laughs> and, and, uh, and it's, you know, I, I have to tell you, when I first, they, she told me that, I was like, okay, all right, fine, you know, because I didn't think I'd have an issue with the, uh, with the scale. But man, if you want to find out how much something has power over you, take it away. Because I have to tell you, as soon as I did that, I was like, I always came in there to her and I was like, how am I doing? How am I doing? How am I doing? And it was just, it was amazing to me. It was kind of one of those first pieces of sort of, you know, understanding my self-will in that moment when I first came in. So, so anyway, I had a 78-inch waist at that time. I could tell you that now. I have a 36-inch waist now. I, I essentially, I, I have lost half of me. Um, and, uh, um, uh, but I did that to get the full me <laughs> in all reality. So, so I always want to say, look, this is my own story, my own personal journey and recovery. So please recovery. So please take what you need and leave the rest. So what it was like, I, you know, I grew up, um, you know, in a close family physically, but not really emotionally. My father was abstinent a lot of the time. He just started little by little by little, sort of like uh, checking out of our lives. He he had he had he was he was an alcoholic, and and I don't I didn't even know he didn't really exhibit any of that in front of us when I was little, and that was just his piece to bear, right? My mom was a compulsive overeater. She took me to my first pay and way, um, um, but um, I have to say, you know. Like one of the things that was the most important thing for me to remember, it, it really, re I really resonated with it when I read it, was in uh, one of my favorite stories in the big book, and that is freedom from bondage. And so on page uh, 544, it says, I am the result of the way I reacted to what happened to me as a child. And look, there were things that happened to me as a child that probably you know, that I shouldn't have and shouldn't have not have had to go through, but, but I did. And, and, and that was okay. I mean, I, you know, um, everybody around me was probably doing the best that they could, but it's up to me to stop the cycle. Because if my recovery was tied to whatever happened to me going away, I'm in deep trouble because it happened. Right. But, but this program has taught me, you know, you know, what I do next is so important. It taught me what is that next right action. It taught me about recovery and, 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 and complete and giving myself over to complete sobriety. I, I no longer, again, this comes from freedom from bondage, as it says in there, I no longer need to escape reality. And that's what I did. You know, I ate and I shut down and I just 
locked myself into a pattern of oblivion for 42 years of my life. I barely had a life, you know. So, so, and and I, I always say that that um, and that oblivion. I'll, I'll say this too. I'll, I'll start with this before I say the other part. Uh, that oblivion was based on a faith that I had. It was not a faith that worked. It was not in a higher power. It is on. It was on self-reliance and self-will. And as I know, any I, and and you know, they asked me to be convinced of this. You know, when they talk about step three in the big book, the first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. And I can say, you know, that that my experience mirrored that, right? And so that self-will, that that concept. That, that lifelong conception that I had to throw out the window was around the fact that I, I tend to feel that fears fall into three different places, three, three different buckets, so to speak. One, not getting what I want. Two, losing what I have. Three, being found out. And all of those fired off, all of those in my entire life, they still have a, have a tendency to even come up now. I just have a program for it. But it's the being found out that was the one that my faith was built on, that I was not good enough. Right? This was the faith that I had. I remember coming in the program, and, and you guys talked about faith. You brought me to step three, and you talked about faith, and I had no concept of it because I thought I did not have any faith. But I've come to find that that was not true. I had a tremendous amount of faith, but where was my faith? Was my faith in my higher power or was it in self-reliance, in the lies that I told myself about myself and the world around me? That's where my faith was. And I took it and I ran it. And if that, is, that was my program, I was in charge of my life for 42 years. I did not love myself. I did not forgive myself. I did not trust myself or even believe in myself. How do you think that was going to turn out? It was a life built on a foundation of over-reliance on self. I lived in a fear suit. That weight that I carried, that 519 pounds that I carried was a physical manifestation of how much fear I was in. And that fear suit, everything that came in got distorted and everything that got got distorted. Nobody knew me. For God's sakes, they couldn't see me. I wasn't going to let them see me because I was convinced that I was a failure, that I was worthless, that I did not measure up. That was my faith, and that was not a faith in a higher power. This program brought me to a faith that works. Right? So, So in high school, you know, I was like 200 pounds. My mom took me to my first pay and way, right? I lost 50 pounds. Um, it wasn't very long after that that I basically went up to 250 pounds. And by the time I was going to college, I was 175 pounds. You know, that was my pattern in life. And then by the time I got out of college, I was 300 pounds, right? It, all I did was apply a food plan to it. That's it. And really, in reality, really can't say it was a food plan. It was a diet. Right. It was built on restriction. It was built on me basically wanting to lose weight. It was built on my body image. It was built on the on the fact of on my faith of being found out. Right. And I and and that whole being found out had another consequence to it, which meant I shut down and I checked out. 
of life. I remember thinking at that time when I lost that first weight and, and thinking everything was going to be okay. And my, I stretched myself out there tentatively, like tried to engage myself in the life that I felt like I couldn't have. And life happened in front of me, by the way. It just happened. It was just life. It didn't go the way I wanted, right? Right? You know, they talk about in the big book on page 61, the show didn't, doesn't come off very well. So then I become angry and indignant and self-pitying, and mine was truly self-pitying. And so I decided at that moment that I was always meant to be on the outside of life looking in. I made it my brand. And I got very good at living with the crumbs that I gave myself. You know, so as I said, I got up to 300 pounds when I got into work. And then, you know, here it is. Here I am with work. I have money. I have a place to live. I had a place to go and nurture my disease. So I go out there in the middle of, you know, trying to put myself out in the middle of life and, and to do the best I can. But I was scared. I was just terrified. And I would do the best I could during the day, but then I would come home at the end. I would get up super early in the morning to just to just to do enough so much work. So I would even so for me, I would feel like that I would I would at least hit the mark, right? Just to get to the bottom level of mark, and then I'd go home in a panic, you know, and and I'd go drive to some grocery store or drive through some fast food and get all of my supplies, and I'd go home and I'd close the door and I. And I'd turn off all the lights and I'd shut the windows and the blinds and I would just check out. I remember thinking, I remember calling it de decompression from work. But I was checking out from life. I was always meant to be a part of this life. But for some reason, I decided I made the decision. Nobody else. I made the decision that I didn't belong. So, <clears throat> so. At that point, 300 pounds, I didn't really go down very much, maybe like 10 or 20 pounds every now and then, but it was a straight climb upward until like in 1998, I was 525 pounds sitting in a room in an office space that I lived in the office space. I lived in this loft and, and I, my partner would come in and we would work out of a plate, out of a part of it. And I would basically get up in the morning, walk 10 feet to a desk, sit down, get up, walk five feet or 10 feet to a car, drive to a grocery store, walking through there, holding on to a, a grocery cart with dear life because I could not really hold myself up very well. And I would be sweating by the time I finished my short excursion into that grocery store. And so then, you know, I'd make my way back and I'd kind of walk that 10 feet in the house and put the groceries away and 10 feet to the, you know, when it's time to go to sleep, to sleep. That was my life. It was a very small life that I gave myself. But, you know, my business partner, he basically, you know, started the process of us breaking the business off. And I remember thinking at the time that it was really just because we didn't see eye to eye. No, he was out there trying to do the best he could, and I was barely hanging on. He was doing all the work. I mean, I did work, but he was doing all the work to hold it together because there was something wrong. And so I moved back home with my parents at, I can't remember the age I was at at that time, 35 maybe or something like that. And then I, I realized at that time, I said, okay, I need help. So I went, what did I do? I went back to my pay and way and I basically lost, th you know, I went down to like by May to December, I went down to uh, 375 pounds from 525 to 375, you know, 
but but here's the thing. I did that. I shut all my work down. I shut all of life down just to do that and focused on that, which is probably what I needed. But it was just a plan of eating. It was just a diet, really, is really what it was. And so it wasn't long till I was back into it. And then I, I trapped myself at that, at that house with my parents, right? And that took me all the way up to 2006 where, you know, I mean, I, I could barely walk. I couldn't buckle the seatbelt in my car. I was too big to fit in the seats at movie theaters and booths and restaurants and petrified when I was going to them. You know, when I was asked out to go to them on the few occasions that I did meekly go out. You know, I isolated myself terribly out of shame and the fear of humiliation. You know, I was unable to really administer adequate self-care, keeping myself clean. You know, in 2006, I thought I was having a heart attack. And it took me a long time to get in the hospital, <laughs> which shows you my stubbornness, my self-will. And I was told by three doctors that I would die if I continued doing what I was doing. And by the way, it was just, it was myself, my, uh, my blood pressure was crazy out of control. And I remember them thinking about that. You know, I remember them telling me that. And I remember telling myself, talk about denial of the truth. The thing I was scared about the most of what they were saying, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to die, was not the dying. I remember telling myself I needed to be scared about that. It was the fact that here I was, here's the thing that scared me. One, I was, that, that they found out that they could see this worthless, and these are not, this is not language I, I would give myself now, but these were, this was the language I gave myself to then, that I was this, this ugly, worthless, you know, human being that can't even, you know, uh, you know, like, like stay, like eat right, you know? And that was one piece. The, the piece that scared me probably even more than that was what they were asking me to do, to give up my quote-unquote friend food. I could not imagine what that would be like. But there you go, a lifelong conception that I held on that kept me stuck. And I remember them giving me another plan of eating, another diet, essentially. This one was probably maybe a little closer to a plan of eating. But, but anyway, point being is I took it and I said, I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to do it. That humiliation, that gift of desperation I got in there, I, I'm going to do it. But it was not a month after that that I was in a hotel room in Atlanta, Georgia on business, eating enough food for 8 to 12 people. Gentlemen, what was important? Thanks. What was important about though there, and I'm going to say this, what was so much important about that was the fact that I finally for the first time said, I can't do this by myself. And I, I, I used to say that that was the first time God entered in, but in reality, that's not true. The reality is that's the first time I listened. And that's the first time I surrendered. So that, that, that action, and it took me another year, it took me a year, that action brought me to this program. And in April, April 18, 2007, and this is just part of my part of the story, I checked myself in the treatment. But the beautiful thing about that was they were my gatekeeper to OA. Because I went to my first meeting. I got, it, I got a food plan from a nutritionist that got this disease. I basically, you know, it, it, it dealt with all of the, 
the the foods and eating behaviors that caused me compulsively and I did not even know it at the time, which I'm just so grateful for to this day because I'm not sure I was in a place that I could actually do that for myself. But the big thing was is they basically, I went to my first OA meeting that night and I didn't know I was going to it, but for two hours before that probably, and that's perfect. And I came in these rooms and then I got start, started working on these steps. And, and, you know, one of the important things about this that we talk about like what it's like now, look, I'm gonna get a synopsis because I don't have tons of time on this, but steps one and two cover my thinking. Honesty and hope, right? Step three covers my decisions. Made a decision to turn my will in my life over to the care of a power greater than myself. Right? You know, I had to be convinced. It says in the big book, I had to be convinced that any life on self, run on self-will can hardly be a, a success. My faith was almost this. Faith is a complete belief or trust in someone or something. My faith before I came in this program was in lies, right? It was truth in a blender. It was in self-reliance. It was in the f food is my answer. But food was not my problem, Right? And it's truth. Food was my answer. Food was not my problem. It was my answer. It just happened to be an answer that was killing me, and I could not see that. So again, steps one and two cover my thinking. Step, step three covers my decisions. Step four through nine covers my actions because this is a program of action. Steps 10 and 11 cover my practice and habits, and step 12 covers my characters. This 12-step program helps me to make conscious and loving choices rather than impulsive or fearful ones. The condition of my character shapes my thinking. The condition of my thinking shapes, shapes my decisions. The condition of my decisions shapes my, my actions. The condition of my actions shapes my practice and habits. And the conditions of my practice and habits shapes my character. That loop, this program offers me healing and transformation at every point in that loop. But this, is, this spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it, as they says in the big book. Action is a concrete form of willingness, of surrender. Trust God, clean house, help others. That is, the, that is, the, that is what I wake up to, and I, I, I do my best to execute every day because I know what know that faith that I had before, and it's about transference, me transferring that faith to a faith that works. This program to me is one of sobriety. I no longer need to escape reality. This is not a program of figuring things out as I was given in experience, strength, and hope in this program. This is not a program of figuring things out. It's a program of letting go. This is not a program of learning. It's a program of unlearning. And happy are ye who know these things and do them. For the only problems I have now are those I create when I break out in a rash of self-will. And that statement is also from Freedom from Bondage, one of my most favorite readings. So I just want to say thank you for letting me share. I'm not sure if I have I know I'm probably close to time. So anyway, thanks for letting me share. Thank you very much, Mark. Would you like to suggest a topic for us tonight? Yeah, you know, in the preparation for this, you know, and going through the big book, you know, one of the reasons I came across, and this is, this is it's on big book, uh, fourth edition, page 76. Now we need more action. 
And this is, this is when they look at steps eight and nine. Now we need more action without which we find that faith without works is dead. And the topic is really around that steps eight and nine, or really around that we need more action that faith without works is dead. Thank you again very much.